We always visit with Todd Nettleton around this time, and I think we finally have him. So Todd is here with us. Good morning, Todd. Good morning. How are you? Good. So, sorry, I'm a little right, a little tardy. I'm having a little computer problem this morning, okay. but I'm here. Aww. All right. That's okay. I think I got my heart restarted now. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was just going, well, he's not in yet. Better text him, find out if everything's okay. <laughs> but, yeah, so we're glad that you're here and excited to hear about your trip, Todd. Yeah, I just returned from Southeast Asia, and just really, uh, it, it is always a holy privilege to get to mm. go and, and sit down with our brothers and sisters who have endured persecution, who maybe are enduring persecution right at this moment. And uh, one of the people we got to see, we, we flew through Thailand, and we had a chance to see uh, the members of the Mayflower Church. This mm. is the church that voted, as a congregation, voted together to leave China several years ago. They first went to South Korea. They were rejected for refugee status there. They are now in Thailand uh, trying again. In, in Thailand, that process is handled by the United Nations. So they are now uh, in the process of applying with the United Nations for refugee status. And, uh, you know, it, it was interesting to meet the pastor, Pastor Pond. And uh, this all started, as he told the story, he started with a lunch with Pastor Wang Yi, and we've talked before about Pastor Wang Yi. He is currently serving nine years in prison. He had lunch with Pastor Pan, and mm. in the course of their lunch, he said, Pastor Pan, are you ready to go to prison? That was one of his questions, wow. and Pastor Pan said, "I frankly, I told him, no, I'm not ready to go to prison. Uh, and, and Wang Yi said, you better get ready. That's what's going to happen. Uh, they, you know, he said, I expect to go to prison. Pastor Pond said, when? He said, before October 1st, which is their Independence Day in China. Uh, it actually was after October 1st. It was that December that Wang Yi was arrested. Uh, but that's what really started this conversation with Pastor Pond and with their church of, hey, we expect more persecution. Hey, our children are being educated in the, in the school system here that that is not teaching them Christian principles. In fact, the government is opposed to us teaching them Christian principles. What are we going to do? How are we going to be able to raise our children according to godly principles? That's what kind of brought this conversation forward of, hey, let's get together. Let's leave. Let's go find some place where we can serve the Lord according to our conscience. Mm hmm. This is an incredible story, and I love the, the name of their church, Mayflower Church. Yeah. <laughs> Reminds me of the pilgrims, you know, leaving to find religious freedom and in a new place. And so how do you get a whole congregation, Todd, yeah. to move? And how did China let them do this? And uh, <laughs> those, are, those are great questions. The, the place they went first was a place called Jeju Island that is, it is South Korean territory, but Chinese citizen, it's a tourist place, and Chinese citizens can go there oh, without okay. a visa or without a, sort of an exit permit from China. It's kind of, uh, I've never been there, but the way I picture it is almost like shared territory. Like, hey, mm. you can come across, you know, go to the beach, spend some money, uh, and then go back home. Well, they didn't go back home. They, they stayed, um, and they went to the South Korean government and said, hey, you know, we're fleeing religious persecution. Mm. Will you accept us? Uh, that process took about two years. The South Korean government, which apparently accepts only like less than 1% of uh, asylum seekers, mm. did not accept them. Uh, and so then they went to Thailand and they are in Thailand on a tourist visa, which has expired. So literally 
if the Thai government wanted to, they could pick them up and say, hey, you don't you don't have any permission to be here. You need to go back home. Uh, it has also happened in the past that Chinese citizens in Thailand have been um, extradited or even just sort of picked up and taken back to China. And so they are in a kind of a dangerous situation now. They do have a lot of international attention. Uh, their story has been featured in the New York Times. It's been featured in the Wall Street Journal. So there is a lot of attention on them that mm -hmm. probably provides them a little bit of protection. Yeah, uh, we're, we're hoping to add to that. I recorded an interview for a future episode of Voice of the Martyrs Radio, um, and that does provide some help for them. Their long-term goal is, is hopefully to come to the United States. There is a group of churches in Texas that is ready to sponsor them, ready to accept them. Mm -hmm. uh, they just have to get through the UN process and, and be uh, called refugees so that then another country can accept them. I'm just like trying to wrap my head around, Todd, how you could take a whole group of people, like Deb said, and do this, but then for two years, you don't know what status you're in and how do you survive? How do you live? How do you, you know, really yeah. uh, do anything? Because you can't. Really, I wouldn't think you can't really go get very many jobs unless they're being paid under the table or, you know, right. whatever. And, it's got to be rough. And that was the thing that we came away with is is kind of almost a sense of depression yeah. uh, that, you know, because they are in in this kind of holding pattern. And, mm. and the U.N. process, it, it could take as much as five years oh for my. them to get through oh that process my. and be called, yes, you're a religious refugee. Yes, another country can accept you now. Um, they know that. Uh, there's 16 families. Two of them so far have been through the formal interview. And I asked uh, the pastor, I said, now, is that interview? Is that like an hour? Is that like a half hour? He said, no, no, that's all day. Oh, so boy. there's an all day interview process. They're asking you all these questions. They're trying to establish, yes, you are a religious persecution survivor or someone fleeing persecution. So two of the families have been through that process. The other 14 families are waiting for their appointment uh, to go through that process. And as you say, they can't work. Their kids can't go to school. They actually are kind of doing a homeschool co-op among the different families of, yeah. uh, hey, you're good with science. You teach science. Oh, you're good with English. You teach English. Mm -hmm. And um, that's that's what they're doing to fill their time right now. And uh, there are Christians here in America. I mentioned the churches down in Texas that are helping with some of their expenses. Okay. Uh, but it is, it is not a glamorous life at no. all. No. no, boy. So, Todd, as you were speaking with the pastor there, what did you come away with as maybe the top ways to be praying for this group? You know, I think just praying for a sense of endurance uh, mm -hmm. through this long process and through all the challenges that, that lie ahead of them, uh, that sense of endurance. The other thing mm -hmm. I think is is a sense of unity. Um, you know, when you get a group of people together and then things aren't going great, uh, it's really easy to start saying, well, why did we do this? And why was this was your idea? And it was a terrible idea. And um, I, I think just that spirit of mm -hmm. unity we didn't sense any cracks in that now that we didn't, you know, we didn't spend days and days, but, but we had a chance to be with them and, and meet some of the other members of the congregation. And um, so just that spirit of unity and for God to walk them through this process and, and ultimately for his will to be fulfilled as far as where they do ultimately end up. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, you also had a chance to meet um, with pastors in Laos as well. Uh, what, so what's going on there? 
Yeah, this was very interesting because we had a chance to sit down with several pastors from Laos and just hear their testimonies. Uh, many of their testimonies start with a show of God's power. Uh, one of the pastors said that he was really oppressed by evil spirits. He said he was scared to go to bed at night uh, mm. because he had all these dreams and visions of, of evil things. And he was like, I don't even want to go to sleep because all that stuff starts in he met Jesus and he said that night he slept soundly for the first time in, wow. in a long time. And he said, since that day, there's been no oppression. There's been none of those uh, evil spirit attacks and none of those things. And it's like God showed his power. And once God does that, you're sold. Like, like you don't have to be talked into following him. It's like, wait a minute, he healed me. Wait a minute. He solved this problem. He showed his power. So that was one thing that came through again and again. The other thing that came through to me, and as we talked with them, many times in Laos, there will be persecution, and usually it starts at the village level. If the village elder is opposed to Christianity, there will be all sorts of trouble when people start coming to Jesus. If the village elder is not opposed, if, say, he, you know, maybe he has a Christian relative or maybe somehow he has a favorable opinion of Christians— there is almost certainly not going to be any persecution. Hmm. That that person is really the gatekeeper to how Christians will be treated. And I, I asked one of the pastors, I said, well, are, are any of the village elders Christians? And he said, yes, there are some who are following Jesus. He said, most of the time, they won't be super public about that because they will lose their position in that communist society. They don't they don't want Christian village elders in, in their country. Um, but he said there are some who have come to faith. And I just thought, boy, for us to pray for village leaders to know Jesus or at least to have positive contact with Christians. Mm -hmm. And one of the things the Christians are doing, they're they're trying to facilitate this when they have a special service, say a Christmas service, they will invite the village elder. They'll put mm -hmm. him at the place of honor at the table. They'll make sure he gets a gift and they're doing everything in their power to say, hey, we're not a threat to you. We're not a threat to the country. We simply want to follow Jesus and we want you to meet him too. That is happening. And I thought, what an interesting thing that I wouldn't have really thought about. But if that village elder is opposed, there will be persecution. If he's not opposed, there won't be persecution. Mm -hmm. That's definitely a specific way we can be praying that yeah. the village leaders come to know the Lord. And something that you do as well is mentor and train pastors. And so tell us more about how you do that, Todd. Yeah, one of the things, we actually were at a, a pastor's conference one of our partner ministries was putting on, and and they do this. They, they train up leaders, uh, train them in, in biblical foundations, train them in how to pastor a church, how to prepare a sermon, but also train them in dealing with persecution. Like, mm -hmm. hey, when there's hardships, when there's struggles, when there's opposition, what, what do you do? How do you respond to that? And you know, there's spiritual training for that. There's also legal training for that. Hey, what what does the Constitution actually say? If if you can go back to the policeman who's giving you trouble and say, wait a minute, look at what the Constitution says. It, it says we're actually allowed to do this. In Laos, there is a registered church organization. And, and sometimes when I hear registered church in a communist country, I think, oh, <laughs> you know, that's just the government trying to control the Christians. That's certainly how it is in China. In Laos, it's very different, and, and we had some good conversations about this, but there are really biblical Christian leaders who are gaining positions mm -hmm. in that registered church organization, and that is making a huge difference for the church there because they are able to come along and say, wait, wait, 
here's what the law says. They're also able to come along and provide some cover for some of these gatherings at the village level. Nope, that's not an illegal gathering. That is part of the registered church now. Oh, hmm. okay. Well, the village elder says, oh, well, if you're part of the registered church, I, I guess it's okay. So it, it's interesting how God is working and how he is putting people in positions of authority mm. and positions of influence to serve his kingdom. And and like I say, to provide some cover, to provide some protection for his people in Laos. Mm. Wow, it's exciting. Yeah, it sure is. That's Todd Nettleton from Voice of the Martyrs. And of course, they also have VOM Radio, which is a great program that you can listen to either on your phone, tablet, or here at Moody Radio every Sunday morning at five o'clock. What's coming up this week, Todd? We are going to talk with the president of Voice of the Martyrs, Cole Richards. We're also going to introduce a brand new group study. Uh, I was a part of preparing this. It is based around the story of Sabina Wormbrand, uh, the movie Sabina that we had a couple of years ago. Uh, it is also in each session, there, there are six weekly sessions. In each session, we're going to introduce a modern day Sabina, somebody who has faced persecution in very recent times. And um, I, I know I'm biased because I was involved in it, but this is a powerful study. Some of these ladies that you're going to meet have absolutely amazing stories. And mm. the other thing is the, the curriculum, the group study is free. You can make a donation to VOM. We will send it to you. We want churches. We want groups to do that. That's what we're talking about this coming weekend on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Well, fantastic. Of course, if you want to find out more as well, you can go to persecution.com and get the newsletter, sign up for all of that, find out all, all the different ways that you can be praying for our brothers and sisters around the world. And, of course, listen to VOM Radio at vomradio.net, where you get your podcasts, or, of course, here at 5 a.m. on Sundays. Todd, always good to visit with you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much. You guys have a great day. Thanks.